Welcome to the New Hope Roanoke podcast that follows our live weekend teachings. We are a church bringing hope to the Roanoke Valley. So please take a moment to subscribe or follow this podcast at the end of the message. And for more information, go to newhoperoanoke.com.
Good morning, New Hope. Welcome to Church Online. We are so glad that you are tuning in and being a part of this with us this morning. My name is Jason. I am the associate pastor at New Hope. And on behalf of our church to your family, we want to just say welcome. If this is your first time tuning in, I want to let you know what you can expect over the next 45 minutes. We will join in singing together. We will participate in communion. And our lead pastor, Seth, is going to be wrapping up our sermon series entitled Light and Love as we have been walking through the letter of 1 John. Now, if this is your first Sunday with us, we would love for you to connect with us. In fact, in the toolbar around your screen, you will see a word that says connect. Simply click on that and fill out all of the questions and let us know how we may be able to help you. If you are a regular member or attender of New Hope, we would love for you to fill that out as well as there is a place where you can let us know how we may be in prayer for you and your family as well. Now, this is a great morning for us because today happens to be Palm Sunday. It's the day that begins the Holy Week, which leads us all the way up to Easter. Now, as you hear me say Palm Sunday, or your kids hear me say that, you may be asking the question, what is Palm Sunday? Well, that's a great question. And we have a video we'd like you to watch that's a little bit on the humorous side that explains very simply what Palm Sunday is. We hope you enjoy. Hey, Tommy, Nitty, the Skid Guys here. Let's talk about Palm Sunday. Oh, you know that was a block party. Like all of these palm branches and cloaks on the ground. Probably like a big bounce house over at the Eastern Gate. It was a Jesus parade! And the disciples were all throwing candy out at everybody. <laughs> hey, you think Skittles are kosher? All right, I have no idea what kind of parties that you go to, but there were no biblical Skittles. Oh. Yeah, that's probably true. Oh, I bet it was Swedish fish because Peter was a fisherman. All right, there was a party, there was a parade, and Jesus rode it on a donkey, and that was called the triumphant entry. Yeah, and the crowd went wild! <laughs> Jesus! Yeah! Yeah, um, let's not focus so much on the parade, but the after party. Oh. That sounds exclusive. Not so much. Yeah, I can see it right now. Like uh, Peter and Andrew with a little late night karaoke. Ebony and ivory lives together in perfect. All right, it wasn't so much a late night party as much as it was the next day in the middle of the afternoon in a Jewish temple. Okay, oh yeah. A little afternoon vibe. Yeah, I can feel that, yeah. Be like a office karaoke. No, can, can we can we stop with the karaoke? No, let's just stop with the karaoke. No, when Jesus saw uh, what was going on, there was corruption in the temple, and he just started tossing furniture around. Hey, can we get the table? Yes. Oh, huh? Not how I would have done that. <laughs> but no objections. Um, you see, when Jesus saw the corruption, he got a little ticked off. Yeah, righteous ticked off Ignatian. God's okay with that. Jesus even said, you've turned my house of prayer into a den of thieves. Oh, that is harsh yet accurate. Mm. Yeah, it's like for the past three years, Jesus has been laying out this long fuse. And in the temple that day, he lit the match. Boom, baby! The system of sacrifices, the countless rules, the brokenness of human race, all turned upside down. But what Jesus was really doing in that moment was turning everything right side up. Yeah, no more animal sacrifices. Jesus would be the ultimate sacrifice. Instead of these external rules, he would change us internally. 
he would take our brokenness and make wholeness. And Jesus was just getting warmed up. Yeah, the curtain is about to rise on the greatest event in all of history, and that is worth celebrating. That is right. Uh, who brought the karaoke machine? <laughs> None of your business. Uh -huh. ah, 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 ah. He's alive. Nope. He's alive. That's a spoiler ah, alert. Ah, ah, That's ah, for next Sunday. That alive. is a
triumphal entry. The people were celebrating. They were excited to see him. But little did they know that within one week's time, he would be betrayed by one of his best friends, flogged, crucified, and left to die. But even though all of that was going to happen this week, Jesus could see a victory. He knew how the story was going to end. That his father was going to raise him from the dead. And through that resurrection, we have life. We invite you to continue worshiping with us right now as we worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.
we have come to the part of our service where we are going to celebrate communion together. So I would encourage you to go ahead and get your emblems together and ready. Today is Palm Sunday, and what is amazing about this time is we get to join in with where Jesus' life was some 2,000 years ago as he was entering Jerusalem for the very first time. And actually in Matthew 21, it captures the account of what took place as Jesus entered. And the end of Matthew 21, it has this great phrase that said, the city was stirred up. And in fact, as people were beginning to get into a frenzy almost, they were beginning to do several different things. We had some people who were simply screaming on the parade route that Jesus was the king, proclaiming him Hosanna in front of thousands of people in Jerusalem, while others were going to palm trees and cutting the branches off and laying them down on the road so that Jesus may ride his donkey over top of them. And what is prophetic about these palm branches is that the palm branch is actually a sign of victory. In fact, they were actually handed to the winners of the Olympics of this day and time to proclaim them as victorious in their areas of competition. And what people didn't even realize they were doing in an almost prophetic time was they were looking forward to what Jesus would be doing in just seven short days as he made his way to the cross, was dead, and resurrected three days later. They were proclaiming that Jesus was going to be the victor over death. Now, this morning as we partake communion together, our emblems look a little different. They're not palm branches, but it is juice and bread. But they give the same exact meaning. It is the prophetic speaking of the victory that Jesus had over death. It proclaims that our Lord and Savior came to this world, died for the sins of all humanity, but he didn't stay there. Through the power of God the Father, he was resurrected and brought back to life, being victorious over not just the death and the grave, but over sin as well. This morning, as we join in with this great teaching and time in Jesus's ministry, let's reflect over the victory that we have through Jesus because of what he did on our behalf. Let's pray. Jesus, we are thankful, grateful people and it's because of what you have done on our behalf that we get to proclaim you as Lord, as Hosanna, as King of all creation. May we never forget the victory that you have over death and sin and return the victory we have over death and sin. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done. And it is in the power of your name we pray this morning. Amen.
This is the part of our service where we typically collect the morning's offering. And since we can't pass a basket around your living room, we want to let you know how you can do it straight from your home. But before we do that, we want to let you know that everything given to New Hope, right off the top, we take 20% and we give it to both our global and our local ministry partners. And in fact, over the last couple weeks, as we have been in quarantine, we have continued to work alongside our local ministry partners to make sure that ministry is still happening here in the Roanoke Valley. I want to let you know about two things specifically that New Hope has been a part of. The first is through our Pack-A-Sack ministry. We are still continuing to provide lunches to children who may not always have enough food to eat throughout the week. In fact, over the last two weeks, we have upped the amount of bags and we are giving out over 200 bags every single week to children who are in need of food. Not only that, but last week we partnered alongside the Roanoke Rescue Mission and brought one of their trucks in and became a drop point for them. We were able to fill up tens of tubs full of wonderful goodies and snacks and breads and food that was needed in order for the rescue mission to continue making packed lunches to hand out every single week to those who are in need. These are just a couple of the ways that we are continuing to partner alongside our local ministry partners to make sure that people are still being taken care of in the valley through this crisis. We wanna encourage you at this time to go ahead and pull out your phones and in the bottom third of our screen, you will see the three ways you can continue to give to New Hope. You can text to give, as we have talked about over the last couple of weeks, you can continue to give through your online account. And if you would like to, you may also mail us a check to the church as well. Thank you so much for continuing to support the ministry of New Hope and the ministry here in the Valley. God bless. Good morning, New Hope. Thank you so much for joining us today on Palm Sunday. What I want to do today is I just want to speak some hope into your life. I want to speak some confidence and some encouragement because we're living in some strange times. I want to give a shout out to all the moms, especially and dads who are at home. Uh, your house has become a homeschool, a restaurant, an office, all of those things and you are doing well. Uh, remember, just keep trying to lean into those rhythms and give yourself lots of grace. We also wanna give a shout out to everyone working on the front lines, from the grocery stores uh, to the hospitals and everything in between. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Uh, you're charging in courageously, even with some trepidation for your own health to serve others, and we are very grateful for what you're doing. Uh, maybe it's, one of us who's living by ourselves at home, um, a young person or an older adult, for all of us, this is the first time we've ever navigated like any, anything like this before. And so it's very, very important that in this season, even though we are apart physically, we're socially distancing, we still can worship together in this moment. And the word of God today is going to speak hope, encouragement, confidence, into our lives. We've been in this series uh, for nine weeks now called Light and Love, and it's through the book of 1 John. And there's this opportunity today as we close with chapter five for love to be spoken into the places of isolation or loneliness. 
there's an opportunity for light to be spoken into the darkness. And that's exactly what John does as he wraps up uh, this letter. Now, as we get started and as we think about the text, uh, you may have seen all of the memes going around. People, your meme game is strong, and uh, we've been enjoying those. It's a little bit of humor and uh, uh, comic relief in the midst of a bad situation. Uh, one of my favorites, as we think about Palm Sunday, is we've been on Zoom calls, right? Our businesses, we are meeting remotely. Uh, maybe you've seen Leonardo da, Vinci, da Vinci's painting uh, as this meme. You know, there's Jesus. If, if this pandemic had happened while he was with his disciples, you see him meeting with them uh, remotely. And even though that's what we're doing right now, uh, we have an opportunity to be mutually encouraged by the words in 1 John chapter 5. Remember, this week that we're celebrating in the Holy Calendar is the Holy Week. From Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, this is Holy Week. And Palm Sunday for us, it remembers that Jesus, he rides in on a donkey to the city of Jerusalem. And people put palm branches down in front of him and they sing, Hosanna, Hosanna to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And Jesus, while he experiences all of this praise and all of this victory in that moment, he knows that what lies ahead is a pretty dark week. What lies ahead of him in Holy Week is this. One of his friends, one of his disciples, Judas, is going to betray him. One of his other best friends, Peter, is going to deny him. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be beaten. There's going to be false trials. He's falsely accused. And ultimately, Jesus will die on the cross. He will sweat tears of blood as he prays the night before he dies. After he dies, the whole earth goes dark on Friday that we call Good Friday. And as we think about Holy Week and what Jesus faced, there's lots of encouragement and hope for us as we think about what season we find ourselves in. And all of this comes together in what we're going to talk about here this morning. So 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. Here's what we read. It says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commandments. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I want to talk about three things here in this text this morning. I want to talk about what it means to be born of God, what it means to have new life, and what it means to have victory, to be an overcomer. So first, being born of God. Birth is all about new beginnings, right? Uh, we know what it's like when something is born into our lives. Maybe you've had a, a kid. Maybe you've had a grandkid. And so you know what it's like. The routine gets disrupted. There's all of the joy, but there's also the long nights, the feeding schedules, the crying. Um, maybe it's for you bringing a new puppy into your house. And so now this new pet 
requires all of this new responsibility and there is this joy, this new beginning in that, but there's also a lot of work as well. As we come up on Easter this year, my daughter is desperately trying to convince us to buy a bunny rabbit. That's what she wants for Easter or for her birthday. And we know what it's like when something is born. It's new, it's fresh, it's life-giving. And uh, that's what John wants to tell us here, that we have an opportunity in Christ to be born of God. Now, we also know that often birth is preceded by some kind of death or loss. Jesus says that when a seed dies, it falls to the ground and then is able to give new life. And spiritually speaking, this is exactly what Jesus did for us. The gospel declares that Jesus went to the cross and he died for our sins so that we who were far from God, we could be brought close to God once again. That we as children of God who have strayed in our sin and our rebellion, we have an opportunity to be made right with God because of the work of Jesus Christ. We call this being born of God. Many times you've probably heard it said as being born again. Uh, some of the other words we use is salvation, new creation, redemption. These are the promises that we have because of the work of Jesus on the cross for us. And as I think about this season that we're in with COVID-19, I think there's something that we can learn from this. If we would treat this time as an opportunity to die to the old self so that we might live to the new and better thing, then we would experience the victory that is available to us. Let me tease this out just a little bit. It would look like this. Is there something in our lives that we need to die to, leave behind? Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's a pattern of sin. And we have an opportunity now as we're thinking about what's most important in life. What are the things that matter? We can let all of that other stuff melt away. And then in this season, we can start new habits and routines. We can focus on what's most important. This actually becomes then for us a season of reset a time of cleansing where we are reborn so that our life right now is different and in the future is better. That's the opportunity that's available to us. And spiritually speaking, this is exactly what God did for us in Jesus Christ. We now are born of God. And the second thing is because we're born, we get to experience new life. On the other side of birth is a completely new way to live. The way we read about it here is that there's this opportunity to love God and to love our neighbor, our fellow people around us, love them as we love ourselves. And what happens then is we find that we're obeying the commands of God because all of the commandments of God are summarized in this idea of loving God and loving one another. So it isn't burdensome. In fact, it's actually the most natural way to live for a Christ follower. We don't look at all of the laws and rules of God as something weighing us down. They're actually these life-giving principles that allow us to flourish and thrive in life. And so we naturally follow God because His Spirit has filled us and empowered us to live this way. It, it is so easy now for us 
to love because the Spirit of God helps us to love. We become compassionate. We become kind. We are peacemakers. Uh, we do not judge any longer. And all of a sudden, the world sees and they know we are living differently because of what God has done for us. And they want in on that new life. Think about how our lives have already changed in this time period. I mean, we are social distancing. We're working remotely. Uh, going to the store is difficult. Many stores have closed down. I mean, this is a dark period for many, many people. Uh, jobs have been lost. People have been laid off. Unemployment is high. Those are the negative aspects. But also in the midst of this new life, we can look for some of the positive things that this could create. Uh, think about this as my family has come together and quarantined ourselves. We are eating meals together at the dinner table at night. We're taking walks around the neighborhood. The kids are riding bikes. We're playing games. We're building forts. We are trying our level best in a difficult situation to lean in to the good things. And in this, we just might discover new life, new rhythms, new opportunities. And so, yeah, it is difficult. There is loss, but there's an opportunity on the other side of this for new life. You know, this is the exact kind of life that Jesus talks about in this passage, that we have a life that begins now and lasts forever. Uh, this life that we've read about is one that helps us to overcome everything in this world. Uh, because we're in a series and because I'm not going to be able to get to all the passages here today, I want to speak to two of the most peculiar passages in the entire book of 1 John. They're right here in chapter Five. Uh, first, there's this verse that follows that says, the water and the blood, they testify to Jesus. And people have speculated, what does this mean? Uh, many people think that it refers to water as baptism and blood as communion. So Martin Luther and John Calvin, they took this view. Others, going back in church history, viewed this as a reference to the moment where the spear was plunged into the side of Jesus and out came blood and water. Augustine and others saw that reference in this passage. But most people today view this as encompassing the entire ministry of Jesus, from his baptism, the water, to his death, the blood. And uh, this goes back to Tertullian in church history. He believed this as well. And so what we have here is that Jesus' entire ministry testifies to who he is, that he is the one who overcomes for us on our behalf. We have victory because of him. Uh, also then it mentions that there's a third element, the spirit, the water, the blood, and the spirit. They all testify to Jesus. He was filled with the spirit and because of that he was able to do all of these things. The other passage that's peculiar, it's a little bit later, it says there's a sin that leads to death and there's a sin that does not lead to death. And we kind of scratch our heads, what in the world is he talking about here? Well, Simply put, the sin that leads to death is the one that we keep doing. It's the one that we refuse to repent of. We know we're doing it and we keep on doing it intentionally. All sin leads to death. The one that does not lead to death, it's the one that we do inadvertently, on accident. Or when we do it, we feel grieved and we repent and we keep trying to come back to God. So in this new life that we have in Christ, 
It's possible because of what Jesus did for us. Water, blood, and spirit. And now we live in a way that is different. We don't have to sin. We, we obey the commands of God instead. And that is evidence of the new life that's in Christ. If, by the way, if you have more questions, technical questions about these difficult passages, we would be happy to answer all of those. Just email me personally at jasonsummy at newhoperoanoke.com and uh, we'll, we'll be in touch with you. Hope you see what I did there. Okay, well, this is the new life that's available to us in Christ today. And it's a life that continues for all of eternity. Because here in just a moment in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11, we see that this new life, it begins here and now. But it's called eternal life. It lasts forever. Not even physical death can take us away from this life, this eternal life that we have now experienced in Christ. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 with me. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. And then down in verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. What a great promise. That whatever happens in this world You are a child of God and you have been given eternal life. We don't have to fear death or what the world throws at us or how much money we've lost. We don't fear those things because we experience eternal life here and now. It's a gift that we receive today and it lasts forever. It even continues through death. And that's why we have hope. I love this idea of hope because In this commentary on 1 John, Gary Burge writes something so profound. He says, what hope is there for us in this world? John's answer is that Jesus Christ has penetrated the world. He has worked as a saboteur, undermining the systems of the world and reversing its possibilities. Get this, Jesus enters into our story, into our world, And then he turns it upside down. He reverses even death. He reverses the possibilities and the darkness of this world. And he brings light. He brings love. And we get to experience that new life because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, what if we chose to live differently during this quarantine? And through that, we embrace a new kind of life, a better kind of living. Well, then we would experience the victory that's talked about in this passage. Uh, the word, the Greek word for victory is Nike. And uh, that's the third point that we want to talk about this morning. Nike is actually pronounced in English, Nike. Uh, we think of Nike as a symbol of victory because the Greek goddess was that symbol of victory. And in Christ, we overcome because he first overcame. He won the victory. And as we follow him, we receive that victory, not because of anything we've done, but because of what Christ has done for us. And that's the great promise of the end of this passage, that we are overcomers in Jesus, that we have the victory. In fact, I don't want to miss the end of 1 John. Down in chapter 5, verse 18, there's another promise here, and it says this in the text. The one who was born of God, that is Jesus, 
Jesus keeps them safe. And the evil one cannot harm them. Jesus will keep you safe. The evil in this world, it cannot harm you. Why? Because Jesus overcame the world. And in Christ, we too overcome. What a gift. What a promise that we can cling to in these turbulent times. This is an incredible passage that speaks into the reality that we find ourselves in today. Now, you may say, well, wait a minute. He's going to keep us safe. We're going to overcome. Isn't that just spiritual language? I mean, I'm facing a real problem in the midst of a physical world today, and all this spiritual stuff doesn't help or speak to me. Yes, it absolutely is spiritual. But don't forget that God became human. He entered into the physical world. And he took all of our pain and suffering on himself on the cross. He entered into our fear and to our doubt and to our suffering, the death and the disease of this world, and he overcame. And he made us new. We experience eternal life, and that begins now, and that is the victory that we have in Christ. You know, there are three things that we've talked about and I just want to, I want to share these three things. These are three promises that you can hold on to, to give you confidence, to give you encouragement, and to give you hope today and this week. The first is this, you are born of God. We experience new birth because of the sacrifice of Christ. The second one is this, that you, you are made for eternity. We have new life that lasts forever and ever. We begin now by experiencing love and following the commands of God, sharing that love with God and others. And in doing so, we live this new eternal kind of life in the midst of this old one. And then the third thing is this, you are victorious in Jesus Christ. Because he has won the victory, we experience, we receive the victory that Christ gave to us. Now, there's an old story that Warren Wearsby shares about the Civil War. Uh, there was this veteran who, after the Civil War, he couldn't keep a job. Uh, he had some injuries, and so he moved from place to place, and he had to beg for food. And so everywhere he went, he would ask people for work, or he would ask people for food. But in the midst of all of that, he would talk about his friend, Mr. Lincoln. Uh, people just kind of wrote him off. Uh, didn't think much about it, but he loved his president, and he talked like he knew him. Finally, one guy had had enough, and he said, you know what, I'm going to challenge this veteran. And so he said, you keep talking about your friend, Mr. Lincoln. I don't even believe that you know him. Prove it to us. And so this guy, he pulled out his wallet. It's an old wallet. He opened it up. He took out this old crumpled piece of paper and began to unfold it. And the guy said, I don't read very well, but this right here is the signature of Mr. Lincoln. I know that. The man was astonished because as he looked at this piece of paper, what he had, he had a generous pension that was authorized by the president himself. He looked at this veteran and he said, Sir, you are no longer a beggar. This is a pension from the president. You now have been made rich because of Mr. Lincoln. That's really what's available to us because of what God has done in Christ. We can experience new life. 
You've been born of God. You were made for eternity. You have victory because of what Jesus has done for you. Maybe today you haven't accepted that grace, that gift. You haven't responded to the gospel. We would love the opportunity to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. We're in the chat. All of our pastoral staff, we're ready and available. We would love to talk to you about taking your next step in your journey of faith. And for the rest of us, let's remember in these times, this, this is hope, this is encouragement, this is confidence that we can turn to the scriptures and we can turn to the God who never changes. This is not new to him. This does not surprise him. And we can trust in him as the anchor, the foundation of our hope, of our life now and forevermore. Let me close with a word of prayer and then we'll be dismissed. God, thank you for this free gift of grace. Thank you for your love, for your sacrifice. Thank you that we in Jesus Christ are overcomers. I pray that you would help us to overcome in the situation that we find ourselves in right now, whether it's our jobs or our relationships, whether it's our finances or our fears uh, in response to COVID-19. I pray that you would bring healing and that you would give us hope in the midst of our darkness. That's true. That's possible because of what Jesus did. And we pray all of these things in his name. Amen. Well, again, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next week for Easter, 9.30 and 11 online. And make sure to invite someone via social media because we're going to have an incredible service next week. Have a great Holy Week. Many blessings to you.